Welcome to Tapping into Spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. We always begin by inviting Spirit to join us in this conversation and guide our words and intentions so that we express things in a manner that is true and inspirational, and we are always thankful for the opportunity to serve. I'm your co-host, Dr. Anthony Smith, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Zawadi Powell and Glenda Jones. Peace. Greetings. How are y'all doing today? Great. Well. I like that what you just that was good. <laughs> he Thank always asks you. us how we're doing. That's so nice of him. <laughs> I want to know. Mm-hmm. And the people want to know. <laughs> want to know how everybody is doing. Um, you know, in this t- tumultuous time, um there are so many things that are that are happening and take our attention every day that can distract us from staying focused on things that are really, really important. And so our self-care is, is, is vital, like, um, particularly for us as uh, people of African descent, dealing with microaggressions that occur every day, um, taking care of ourselves and being able to fight against those microaggressions and not allow them to follow us home, bring us down, keep our spirits uh, buried. We have to make sure we conscientiously do a good job of not allowing that to happen. And of course, I believe that tapping into spirit is one way of doing that. Um, So we're not going to worry about all the drama going on in the world today. And we're going to spend our time talking about Issues related to spirit. So today's topic, we're going to discuss spirituality and religion and the role that spirit plays in those two. Are there similarities between the two? Are there differences? Are there things that distinguish one versus the other? So I'm going to open it up and just throw it out to you all in terms of get some general observations and then we'll you know take the conversation where we where it goes, as we always do. Uh, either of you want to jump in? Some thoughts? Well, my daddy said... No. <laughs> <laughs> when we were little, though, for real, we were uh, taught that religion is a tool to guide you towards spirituality and that um, the two things are separate um, and that all religions are um, to be respected and you use whatever tool works for you. And so in my family, actually, um, most of 
the people do not um, teach a religion to the children with the expectation that when they come of age, they will choose which tool best works for them in seeking spirituality. And um, so we have all kinds of different religions in my family um, because people feel free to choose whichever tool works best for them. I think that um, that is a, a, you know, there have been times when people have said, that's too confusing. And, you know, don't you think the kids are, you know, confused if, you know, they they are taught more than one religion or are exposed to things, um, you know, the whole family is not in unison practicing the same thing. Um, but I think that when you teach respect for all religions and reject, you know, any doctrine that um, teaches otherwise, uh, it's it's really kind of nice because you can sort of take from each the things that really uh, serve you and then sort of um, become your the best you you can become. <laughs> I, I like that concept of using it as a tool, um, thinking of it as a tool, I say vehicle for uh, ultimately connecting to God. Would, would, is that how you would look at it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it, it provides the kids with more opportunities to critically think about why they are doing what they do. Yeah. And I think that's vitally important. I think too many people don't really think about why they do the things that they do and why they believe and practice what it is that they believe and practice. Um, I, I have this question with people many, many times, this conversation, I should say, with people many, many times over the years. And in my opinion, it comes down to why you do what you do, because that's what my mama did, mm. right? If it weren't for that, where you were born and who you were born to has a critical, plays a critical role in determining what it is you do now. A lot of people, most people aren't really studying and exploring many different things to come to, okay, this is what works for me and this is why. It's mm -hmm. just taking on what has been given to you. And I think challenging yourself to come outside the box and figure it out for yourself is a, a healthier way to do it, I should say. Well, Not listening to both right of you, way. there are a couple of things that I thought about. Mm -hmm. One of the things you said is we did it because of the way mama did it. And Zawadi started off what she said was what daddy said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she did what daddy did. But what daddy did was allow her to be a free thinker. Which is unusual, though. I, uh, it's not typical. not saying that it isn't. Mm -hmm. I fully agree that it's unusual. So I'm just saying we we can teach that freedom or we can teach what is binding. I feel that religion is a certain way in which we practice something mm -hmm. um, that is supposed to connect us to God. It has rules. It has a certain way in which you do things. It, it it's kind of, um, it's a discipline. It's, an, it's a discipline, definitely a discipline. Um, but it's very organized and done a certain way, and can be oppressive sometimes. It if, can, it could be used that way. I believe that. I want to come back to that, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. There, with religion. 
you can have spirituality in religion, but you can be spiritual and not be religious. And you can be religious and not spiritual. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Can be religious. So say more about that. Break that down. Religious and not spiritual is uh, people who go through the motions without really internalizing it or doing it for political cause or for um, sort of this fraternal order type of thing um, where, you know, they're using religion to socialize or to get, gain social power or um, they're using it, they're, they're practicing it because they have been um, told that that is what they have to do, but they are not um, energetically connecting to a higher source or um, seeking um, even self-perfection uh, or, you know, uh, peace or, you know, anything, any of those uh, things that we seek with spirituality, you know, seeking for spiritual growth. Um, some people belong to religions uh, for reasons that are outside of spirituality. And it's really interesting to see. Um, and not, not that, you know, that doesn't always have to be a negative thing because it can definitely serve a purpose mm -hmm. in people's lives because um, everyone wants to belong to a community. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and sometimes the philosophy may be helpful, right. but the philosophy even is separate from the spirituality, which I think has everything to do with energy and spirit. Hmm. What you mentioned earlier um, about being able to choose what you wanted to practice as far as a religion or a way of, of life. Um, most of the time, most religions don't allow you that flexibility <laughs> or that flow. Hmm. Um, How say? How sway? Because religion, there are rules and there's certain way that you do things. There's Someone once said to me, Zulani, don't be a spiritual whore. You can't just hop from place to place to place. <laughs> Wow. And I felt that was hysterical. I just cracked up laughing because I'm like, who are you Make to a commitment. criticize me? I know, right? <laughs> your spirit, you would be. If, if, if being spirit means hopping from place to place and that makes you a whore, then that's what I want to be because I want to be spirit. I don't want to be in a box. Um, so I looked at the word religion and the, the word religion came from the Latin word Religar, which means to bind, to tie, to bond, and obligation. Mm. That's what the word religion means. Now, I may not oh, pronounce wow. it correct, correct in the, the way it should be because I don't speak Latin, mm -hmm. but religar. And spirit came from the word. You think of relegate. Right. Like you dictate where someone must go. Spirit is a Latin word also that came mm -hmm. from spirare, which means breathe or breath. breath. Mm -hmm. oh, which wow. is flowing. You yes. can't bond or tie breath. Mm -hmm. So for me, mm. it made so much sense why religion is what it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And why spirit is what it is. Mm. Well, you know, some people argue that religion was created <laughs> in order to control and um, sort of, uh, you know, make people more agreeable to these huge societies or governments and um, controlled type of behaviors that um, lend themselves to uh, commerce, you know, mass commerce and 
you know, the whole pyramid type of um, society. And, um, and, and I, th- I find that really interesting because I think that a lot of the, um, you know, the, the Abrahamic religions have become very worldwide and also very um, um, standardized in certain ways. Although people have put their different spins on it in different places, you can totally see the way that um, these sort of standardized religions uh, could help to um, to support these societies. But at the same time, there's an oppression that comes with that t- mm-hmm. type of control as well. Right. And we have seen different examples. You know, there's sort of like a, a spectrum <laughs> of people practicing these re- different religions and, you know, trying to find ways to ease that whole control aspect and then also practicing it and getting like really strong on the whole control aspect. And so um, I, um, I, 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 I think that that's so interesting that the book, that the word actually means to tie, um, to bind, to bind because bond. Yeah. Because, and obligation. Right. And, and then I think there's a psychology behind it in, as well. And that people do when they are bound, they do feel an obligation to, carry it a certain way, to proselytize, to bring people into the fold, to make them believe what they believe. So much so that people are willing to die and kill other people who don't believe what it is that they believe. And that is so, that that's very binding to me. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, when I think about that, like, because I don't believe in tapping into God the same way you do, you want to kill me. Mm-hmm. Like that is that's really deep when you think about that. Mm-hmm. Like you're the the love of God makes you want to kill me because I think about God differently than you do. We we ultimately reach the same conclusion, but I just have a different vehicle and you want to kill me. Just because you're <laughs> in, the in a Lenovo and they're in a Mercedes. God. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to kill because when I study all the different religions and I've traveled over the world looking at different spiritual systems and seeing the way people worship, the doctrines are saying similar things love one another, don't steal, don't like the basic tenets are similar, but humans and ego, we get involved and then we mess it all up. And we mix it with politics. Yes. And power. Power and and control. Capitalism and and all of that stuff. And then now it's something that it wasn't ever intended to be. Mixed with slavery. (laughs) 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 We can spend several podcasts on that. It's fascinating to me how people can take something that's supposed to be connected to God and use it to commit the most heinous crimes of control and subjugation on the face of the earth. Absolutely. Like that, you know, that really yeah. that really is a is a representation of religion gone awry without any sort of spirituality connected. The most powerful symbolic picture that I've seen of that when I went to Ghana to the slave dungeons in Cape Coast and they literally had the church on top of 
the dungeon where they were. Right, I remember where that. Where they were. I saw that. Housing yeah. people. Yeah. And they would pray and then go rape and pillage. Yeah. Like, yo. <laughs> yeah. The, the mental gymnastics that they had to do to be okay with that. They didn't have to do mental gymnastics. You're expecting more of them than what they, mm. they are. You're expecting that they think and feel like you do. Mm. But I do not believe they did mental gymnastics because I was there with you. And they brought women out on the level where you enter the church to, to wash them off before they were sent upstairs to be raped. Mm -hmm. How holy is that? Right. And so that's a perfect mm -hmm. example of evil. Absolutely. And wickedness. Absolutely. Being done with no real recognition of what you're claiming to belong to. You know, mm -hmm. like no, it probably meant nothing to them, the church, the people. Because it who, was religion. And it wasn't, it probably wasn't even religion. Because it how many spirit. people... How many people can label themselves as practicing something because everyone else is and they don't read it and they don't practice it and they don't think about it. They just, you know, might uh, claim to because if those people had any notion of what Christianity was supposed to be, none of that would have ever occurred. Well, I, I think we can draw a, a parallel to, you know, life today absolutely right um and there are people who are very very passionate about what they believe in and they are moral they are upstanding and they are fighting the battle on with christianity and their bible and yet they are treating people horribly mm -hmm. right now today we see this happening and time because and time of the, again. the, 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 the and, philosophy that certain people are not people. And so then you can remove them from the doctrine. Right. They're no longer, right. you know. That allows that you to be okay with treating people inhumane. Yeah. Like, so that's what I'm saying. You have to do mental gymnastics to be able to make yourself okay with saying that you're doing something according to the values in the Bible but the actions of what you're doing looking totally different than that. But they have a logical explanation for why they're doing it. And they will argue you nail and tooth to the end that what they're talking about is correct. And so that's why my daddy said, your ancestors will roll in their grave if you become Christian. Because he was offended by what had been done with Christianity and slavery in partnership. and. It took me a long time to forgive um, Christianity and to separate it from that history. And I kind of had to look to Ethiopia um, mm -hmm. to try to understand that this was a beautiful tool that has been tainted and used for demonic behavior. And, um, and even still today, I think. Um, there are some scary things happening with, yeah. <laughs> with certain, certain, I won't only say Christianity. Yeah, I was going to say. A it's, lot of different religions. Right. Yeah. see Absolutely. people still practicing those same types of behaviors, even the traditional African religions. Right. Um, people and ego get in the way mm -hmm. and, and distort something that's not meant to be what people and ego make it be. Mm -hmm. I guess I don't feel like it's mental gymnastics because I don't believe that everyone is moral. I don't believe that everyone has a, a conscience the same way that I do or maybe you do. 
I believe that for some people, maybe they did mental gymnastics. And then I think for some people, they just did a regular somersault. Mm -hmm. It was that simple for them because they, they, I just don't, then that's just how I feel. I'm not saying that anyone is right or wrong. I just, I just don't believe that everyone works so hard to treat people the way they do. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's an interesting argument because some people question whether people can just be born evil and whether, um, you know, religion can even help those people who are just born evil or whether, um, you know, whether spirituality, um, you know, is, is whether people are born, you know, everyone's born good and, you know, pure. And then as they grow, they become tainted and they start becoming evil. But if you give them religion at a young age, then, you know, it will avert that evil from happening. And I, and I think that's probably a, a Christian perspective. Because sometimes you can give them that religion. And they and, and, and they it doesn't it. make them right. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that every spirit being, that every spirit is an agreeable spirit. That there are disagreeable, you can call it demonic or you can call it negative or whatever. I believe that there are spirits that that is that's what they are. That's the purpose. But our creator had to create that as well. We wouldn't know good if there were no bad. We wouldn't know light if there wasn't dark. There's polarity. We would, it has to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the, that, di- di- the dichotomy I was going to get into talking about that dichotomy that exists, because the moment that we label something, we automatically bring in the other extreme of that label. If we were not operating from that, we would just be. Mm-hmm. What would the world look like if we were just being human beings instead of trying to impose the standards of beauty, of intelligence, of morality? The moment we say something is moral, then we have to say, okay, that's immoral. Something is beautiful. Something is ugly. That's godly. That's of the devil. We automatically bring that in. And is that where we need to be if we are moving on a path to enlightenment? But then what happens to societies that don't have some sort of control mechanism? Like how, like, how do, how do societies um, they're happy. <laughs> Do you really prosperous. believe that? I think it depends on what people make up the society because they could also be very chaotic. If they don't have a control system? Yeah. Such as? I don't know. Some sort of control system. I mean, what like what society would you? I don't th- know. It's an imaginary society because I don't think any exists. <laughs> so we go to Wakanda. Everybody's all good. Wakanda has a control system. Yeah. They do. Yeah. But I, I think if if we if we didn't have that, you know, one of my favorite authors talks about the way he writes. He speaks to a space where we were in balance, where it wasn't I own this land. I take care of the land. The land takes care of me. There's reciprocity. It's a circle. Everything is always a circle. Mm-hmm. Like the thought of owning airwaves, like we do it, but think about. We own airwaves. 
Like you can't even touch and we and it, somebody owns airwaves. Mm -hmm. There are people who are naming stars and you can pay so much money to go and, and and put your name on us. Like the ego that it takes to do stuff like that is just It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. It's mine, all mine, all mine. But we would need to operate in a society where we think about our choices and our actions. And if our choices and actions are not beneficial for the whole, and I don't just mean humans, if it's not beneficial for the plant world, the animal world, then, and we operated in a way where we made our decisions based on what would make our planet thrive and all that lives on the planet and in the water, wherever else, mm -hmm. then if we operated in that way, that would be what would control us. If it's not good for the whole, it's not good. Right. But would that be control or would that just be being? But that would be our own self. Like not something outside of us. Right. It's, so it's coming from in, which is the no, God myself, in us. Right. In right. our own, which is spirit. Right. In my opinion. I would agree. Going back, spirit is inside. It comes from within. Absolutely. And so if that's what we, but we, that's not what we do. We, so many things we do hurt other people. It hurts animals. It kills plant life. It makes our air bad. It makes our water bad. We make these decisions. Like you said, it's capitalism. It's about money. It is so complicated living in this country where even just, you know, even trying to be conscientious, you still are aware that you are contributing to a system that hurts the earth and hurts other countries and causes mass destruction in many ways. <laughs> and then, you know, thinking about a system that doesn't do that, it often makes me want to move. <laughs> Where are you going? No, where are we going? Because <laughs> I'm coming along. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Where are you going to go becomes the question. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Given what we've kind of processed a bit here, is it then possible to have a religion and infuse spirit into it? Well, not when we look at the origin of the word religion and the word spirit. Hmm. If you, if one is breath or breathe, air and flowing, and religion is to tie or to bind, I believe that there can be, um, you have to, I believe that there can be, <laughs> it would be a religion to not be religious. <laughs> to allow people to be open, to do whatever. And it, you can't name it. So I I sometimes say people ask, well, what religion are you? And my religion is love. Hmm. There's a song about that. Love is my religion by Ziggy Marley. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, I well, that's it. my song. <laughs> or We'll have to play that next time. <laughs> I'm a, I am a seeker of the creator's will for my existence or my life. That's my religion. That's beautiful. 
And if I, those two things, I don't know where that is. And I may find a little bit of what I need in Christianity. I may find some in Islam. I might find some in Buddhism, Hinduism. I don't know. I may find it who knows where, but it doesn't matter to me what the name of it is. Matters to me how I live. Mm -hmm. And that's my most, that's what concerns me the most. And so I have to be focused on spirit Mm -hmm. and self and knowing myself and really understanding why I'm here, my purpose, um, and how, how I am a part of something even larger. This whole, the whole system, the whole world, all of creation. I, I don't own it. I'm not in charge of it. I'm part of it. And I need to do my best to contribute something that I feel is good for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that um, when you when you talk about the definitions of spirit and religion, that it does seem like an oxymoron to ask the question. Um, but I do think that people have spiritual experiences within the religions. So when they when they, you know, I have I have personally gone to you know um, a yogi temple Mm -hmm. to chant and you know that is a religion and it is organized and there are you know there's a a scripture that you follow and you go every week and have you know had spiritual experiences visitations hearing voices you know seeing a white light i mean crying uncontrollably you know a purging that happened um and so I think that those things were influenced by my activities that I was taking part in at this temple. Um, even the sound of the Sanskrit um, sort of awoken, awakened, if that's the right word, awakened something, I believe, a past life memory, um, a connection to a spiritual practice. Um, and so I think that these tools, these religious tools, have been critical in my my spiritual experience and development um and i'm not sure that i mean i'm i'm sure that there are people who need to practice religion there are i know i personally know people who i don't want them to stop practicing their religion <laughs> i'm like right. please you right. know go to the masjid like mm-hmm. you have to <laughs> right. because without someone telling them thou shalt not you know do this right, this and right. that They 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 are at a level of evolution where they need the controls and they're craving it and yearning for it. And it is Mm -hmm. improving their lives. And so um, I I know that there are people who feel that religion is not useful to them and that their spiritual journey is independent and, you know, guided by, you know, spirit and God and natural order. And that is completely legitimate and beautiful. But I don't believe that everyone is on that evolutionary level. And that some people, um, either they may need the the discipline and the structure of religion, Mm -hmm. or they may learn better. They may uh, develop better. Maybe they are of a high evolutionary level, but they just learn better with community or with structure and or ritual. with scriptures and, and yeah. ritual. Yeah. yeah. And so um, 
I think I think religion definitely has a place. I think that it is when it becomes political, oppressive, and you know, overbearing, controlling, you know, infused with ego, um, that it becomes very dangerous. Yeah. If people would just let people be, like, you need the ritual, you need the structure, great. I'm over here, I don't, great. We can just you do you, I'm going to do me. And that's we why both I can love, end up in the same space. I love the Baha'i because <coughs> they just, they're like, coexist. We recognize everybody, you mm-hmm. know, like we just, you know, we, we take a little from here, a little from there. And they really, um, you know, show the respect that I think everyone in the world should show. Um, because um, it, I think that they're, they're using religion in a similar way that they use um, nationality, race and culture to divide people and pit mm-hmm. them against each other. Right. So that that that, you know, what the the, the five percenters say to what is it, the the five the, the two percent or something, mm-hmm. that they're oppressing the entire world. Right. And right. uh and um and I really feel that way. I feel like it's it's a it's a plan by these po- politicians and capitalists um to ensure that we don't all respect each other's religions and um, and, and coexist. I don't feel that religion either should be abolished. I mean, people, I do feel that you should be able to practice whatever it is you choose to practice. Um, and I've said, I've learned a lot from different religions. I'm where I am for, for, from learning so many different things from a lot of different spiritual practices or religions. Um, I just, haven't seen on a large scale where religion has not been binding mm-hmm. and controlling in an oppressive way. It may exist somewhere, but I haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so from where I am, my own choice is to not be religious and to be spiritual. Um so what does it mean to be, I'll keep going, but I also want you to ask and also delve into what it actually means to be spiritual for you. For me. Again, it is definitely making choices and having the actions that accompany those choices that are good for the whole, not just for myself, that are healthier for our planet, for the people that I ex- live with and work with and for all, for all. So to me, that's one of the big things about operating in spirit. Um, early on when we talked about what is spirit. Ah, uh-uh, that's a mental exercise. Okay. Well, we can call it that if you want. <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> so we can say, uh-huh, it's a mental exercise. So mm-hmm. that's important to for me. I um but when do you feel it? When do you like feel ignited with spirit, like full of that light and just like connected? There's not one just... time that I do. It's multiple times. I have felt it in a church. I have felt it walking in the woods, in nature. I have felt it during sex. I have felt it even when I'm crying and I don't even know why I'm crying. Mm-hmm. I have felt it listening to music. I have felt it watching a waterfall. I have felt it looking at colors. I felt it in so many areas of my life. It's not just this one 
place. Yes. I felt it eating a meal. Mm-hmm. And so those of us seeking the spirituality, we're seeking to feel that feeling all day long and to walk with spirituality constantly, which is a very difficult feat. It's it very difficult. It does, you don't often, you don't always feel um, like you are connected to spirit because I don't know about you guys, but for me, my mind gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And so the, the sort of the script that my brain is running, right. you know, the, yes. the messages and the thoughts and the, you know, surviving in this society. Distractions. Right. And so are. then I have to set up times or do reminders with myself throughout the day to stop, you mm-hmm. know, and I mm-hmm. think that that's why the practice of meditation is, mm-hmm. is so crucial for us in this society mm-hmm. because really we should all be in meditational state constantly. Right. But we, because of the way this system is set up, we, we can't necessarily always do that because mm-hmm. it's so much with the mind in this world. Right. And so then in programming and in pro- yeah, I was, I was, that's why I'm so impressed with the way you were raised in terms and the way your family does it in terms of allowing your children to just be. And you're not, as, as Don Miguel Ruiz would say, you're not domesticating them. You're not putting into them fully, at least. This is how it needs to be. You're allowing that blank slate of their mind to evolve and develop with some guidance, but it's free to explore and be who they want to explore and become. And I think that's a beautiful thing. If we can start doing that with our children at a very young age, then they don't have to be in a position where they're having to undo the brainwashing or undo all of the things that have been put into them that may not be um, accurate or even true for them, you know, as as I've had to do, peel back a lot of those layers and just um, make myself get to a space where I'm like, oh, that just doesn't make sense. And I it's okay for me to think differently. I'm not going to be condemned. I'm not going to burn in hell. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> right? That all that level of brainwashing had to be undone for me. And I was not going to give that to my children or anybody else's children. So I think that when we can create situations like that that are based on love and not fear, now we're moving towards that space where we can begin to create people who can get along in a harmonious way, a harmonious manner. And it's um, it's impossible not to indoctrinate your children with <laughs> something because you kind of indoctrinate or influence them, you know, in, yeah. some, in one way or another, yeah. just because they're always watching you. Yeah. And so I think that, um, you know, for parents being conscious of what your own spiritual and religious beliefs are, and then being comfortable to expose your children to other possibilities, you know, respecting that, you know, maybe the way, what I believe and the way that I am is not what they're going to migrate towards. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, um, I think that, you know, that's really important. Yeah. If we share with our children why we believe what we believe and how we got there, mm-hmm. And let them know that it's okay to um, to look at other religions, to study, to read, to be friends with 
people of different religions and backgrounds. I, I like to share that in the salon I'm in, we have a Muslim, Christians, traditional African religion. We have, and we all get along really well. We respect each other. We can pray together. And mm-hmm. it hasn't just happened for a short period of time. This has been double digit years we've been working together. Mm-hmm. And it works well mm-hmm. because it's a matter of respecting other people and allowing them right. to be who they are and let live and let live. Yeah. One of my neighbors was so angry. He was so mad because a member of his church married a woman who was of the yogi religion. Uh, um, I think that's uh, that's what she practices. She's a meditator. And I said, well, what is the problem? You know, she is connecting with God and, you know, trying to cultivate peace within herself. And she, you know, she subscribes to a guru who she respects and tries to live in accordance with, you know, the principles. And he, you know, is trying to cultivate peace within himself. And he respects a pastor whom he holds in high esteem and, you know, Jesus Christ, who he wants to emulate, you know, to the best of his ability. So why is this a problem? And he said, well, if he's really a Christian, then he should not be with someone who's not. And if he... um if he is with someone who's not a Christian, then he has to give up his religion and become what she is. And there are counselors now who are counseling couples who have separate religions because this has become such a huge issue in our society where people feel so strongly that everyone has to be practicing the same thing, mm-hmm. that couples feel oppressed and attacked. Right. <laughs> For having different spiritual beliefs. And it's like, why does he even care? Right. Like, what he's, business is he's it not, of yours? He's not in the relationship. So he does, I don't think he's even friends with the guy anymore because that was, you know, his church member. And like, why do you care? Let people be. And so that's what I don't like about Christianity and the church where they are, um, where they, I, I, I believe that there has been, it has been used for um, you know, sub, sub, uh, controlling civilizations. And that is why that whole part of rejecting other practices is in there. Um, because I think that when you start to accept other practices and you start to accept things outside of what is taught to you by the government and by, you know, the, 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 the scripture, um, you are less, it's, it's, it's more difficult to control you. Hmm. Um, it's more difficult to make you follow the rules of society. It's more difficult um, to, uh, to keep you, you know, in your little box. Right. <laughs> and, right. Um, and I think it's intentional. And so that, that, is, that is the part of Christianity that I reject and that I, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way, you know, the way I, I work to, raise my children was to model how I was being and a certain set of values, a just general set of values. And even though I had a vehicle or vehicles that you might do it while you're young enough, you just kind of follow along with what I do. Oh, were you but using it, the laws of my 
Yes, it's always. Yeah, that's that's been a for a that. long time. Yeah, that's a beautiful um, thing. But even when I was doing Yoruba or, you know, I pull from a lot of different things. There's value. And I talk to people about parables in the Bible, parables in the Quran that serve to illustrate a point of how to be. So for me, it, it all, everything can be instructive. Um, Tell us about I, the laws of Ma'at, Anthony, because some people don't know what they are. Okay, so the laws of Ma'at come from the ancient uh, Egyptian spiritual system. And, you know, in, that's the oldest spiritual system that we know. Um, ancient Egyptians were big on knowing thyself. And so the concepts subsumed under Ma'at speak to truth, balance, order, righteousness, propriety, justice, um, and so those seven principles all are principles that you strive to live by. And they're just, you know, general principles that pretty much any any religion or spiritual system you could think about would have. Um, and so there are other things related to that in terms of what they believed and, and how they um, played those out. But if you lived your life according to those principles, they're... Um, way of believing during that time was that when you um, died, your heart was judged against the feather to see if, in fact, you had lived a virtuous life. And if that was the case, and so to determine if that was the case, you would have to recite these 42 negative confessions that thinks that things like I have not um, stolen, I have not done negative to my neighbor, um, there are 42 of those things, and uh, incident, oh, wow. uh, uh, incidentally, that's where the Ten Commandments come from. Um, there's a direct connection there, and you can go back and study the history of how Moses went into Egypt and got those and all that, but that's another podcast. Uh, but so so essentially, that is a, a general overview of, of what Ma'at is. And so I work to be Ma'at, to live those principles um, it is not it so easy. much was not easy Mm-mm. and it's not it's, it's relative. Right. Because truth, um, I was challenged one time by, by one of my mentors because I was very idealistic about this. Like, OK, I got to tell the truth all the time. So, so he says, OK, so if you're in revolution and the enemy comes and they said, where's your comrade? And you know where he is. But you also know that if they go find him, he's going to be killed. Would you tell them the truth? Like, hmm. You know, <laughs> another another example. If your child is sick and and dying, and he has to get, he needs medicine, but you can't afford to get the medicine, but you have an opportunity to steal it, and no one would see it. Would you steal it, or would you let your child die? Absolutely, I would steal it. Right. So <laughs> those kind of things bring into the relativity. Bring into bring into account the relativity of certain situations, and there are some diehard people that say, "Well, I might might need to trust God." If you think about the um, parable with Isaac and and Abraham and him sacrificing his son and coming close to carrying out sacrificing his son before God says, "No, don't do it," you know, he had to believe that he was doing the right thing and have faith. So one could make that argument. I don't know the right answer to that. I just know the way I choose to carry it. 
which is I'm going to save my son, <laughs> but other people might say something different. And this neither is right or wrong. You get to make your choice. I get to make mine. And I don't have to be mad at you for making the choice that you make. That's your connection with God. Who am I to tell you what your connection with God suggests that you should do? And nobody should do that to me either. You know, so within limitation, because what about people who their supposed connection to God or religion is harmful to other people? Then who who has control over that? Like who like how do you how do you um there must be some way to to make a limit without oppressing everyone. I don't know. I do know that if I operate in spirit and and my choices are the choices that will not harm the creation right. of human plant. Like I know that something has to die for me to live. Mm-hmm. So when I eat that corn or the spinach or whatever it is that I'm eating, that plant had to die mm-hmm. for me to live. Right. But I do know that the natural order of things it, that the creator did create animals that eat other animals and fish that eat other fish. and But it, there's a cycle of life. And if, if my choices aren't against that and aren't hurting others, those principles of my art, I believe, are very important. That I can see how if we were to live by that, then there would be so many things that would be damp that would, that are damaging that we wouldn't do. Right. Mm-hmm. You just wouldn't do it if you're living by those principles. And no one would have to tell you not to do it. There wouldn't be a rule, a commandment, or anything to tell you not to if that was what you were taught to do. But very young, we're taught to lie, right? To be deceitful, mm. to to do so many of those things that. And our children look at us. They they don't learn just from what we tell them. They learn from what they watch us do. Yeah. The things that we are attempting to teach them deliberately uh-huh. and even the behavior that we have that we think they don't know about. Absolutely. Right. right. Like, how do you survive in the rat race, you know, and trying trying to be um, a person who is conscious and, you know, living by divine philosophy and rules, you yeah. know, and you have to function in the capitalist system Absolutely. and make your money to survive. Mm-hmm. And that is a very, you know, difficult predicament that a lot of people um, struggle with, I think, um, because it, it's 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 really not set up to support that. Right. Or and another it's... another very simple, practical example. People get mad at me. But <laughs> when Christmas comes and parents will tell their children that Santa Claus bought the present. Knowing that that's a lie. And at some point, the child is going to figure out that that's not true. And so you've been lying to me all this time, but yet you are reprimanding me for lying. And you can say, oh, but the children need to have fun. Oh, okay. But you are still lying. Just call it what it is. You're, you're lying. And so you then have to say to your child, well, there are certain times when you can tell a lie. <laughs> right. And so now we get into white lies. And so. It, when, where do you draw the line on that? Yeah, the one that, right. that people get angry with me about is um, sex and fornication. And we tell our children um, 
mostly Christianity because that's what I know a lot about um, as far as some of my experiences. But we'll tell them and they're taught that that's wrong. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have sex before marriage. Mm -hmm. And then our children watch us do that mm -hmm. if we are single, divorced, whatever, and you have children. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. teaching them something and you're living something different. Or we tell them you need to wait till marriage. You should not sleep. But they didn't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. and That's that happens. a very, very difficult um, thing to sort of decide in raising children. Like, because if you teach them that sex is wonderful, which it is, then you run the risk of them <laughs> seeking it or doing it way too young. And, uh, well, was it one? No, well, that's a whole nother conversation. But, uh, <laughs> because for me, it wasn't wonderful early on in life. Oh, it's always been wonderful. As a virgin, it was not wonderful. It was but painful. I, and oh, so if, when you tell someone, and even if, because it is supposed, it is going to be painful. Mm -hmm. It's no way that it's going to be wonderful when you do it so young and you don't understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. And so that's what I have told my children. Absolutely. That, that it's not good to have sex when you don't understand what you're doing. And when you are not old enough or responsible enough to support um, a family or a disease that you may acquire. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have to take responsibility for the side effects of your sex mm -hmm. and so i think that um it's really important to i think to to make people wait i i i really believe that it's it's best to wait mm -hmm. um but i i think that a lot in this society people don't and i think that it is a it is a contradiction the things that the religion some of the and religions so that's my us. thing we, we lie to our children mm -hmm. and yeah. so like that yeah so y'all, y'all have started two other podcasts. <laughs> we will get to that. Okay. We have a whole podcast on uh, spirit and intimacy, spirit and sex, spirit and children. Like we got stuff to talk about and we got y'all questions as well, which we will get to promise. Um, but we're out of time for today. So we're going to wrap this. Uh, as always, we are very grateful to you all listening to us and um, challenging us and continuing to support us. Um, remember, don't be afraid of change or learning something new. Continue to evolve, continue to transform, and continue to thrive. Thanks again, and have a good day. Yes, it's time to stop your falling. You hear the spirits calling. Yes, it's the spirits. Can't you hear?